everyone. It's got a, a word that God's really confirmed to me today, so looking forward to hearing it for myself as well as for everybody else. Um, I, I think as today's, this Sunday is going to be known as Earthquake Sunday. Uh, Sharon's already preached some of what I was going to say, but, but you know, you know um, I was going to ask how many people actually felt the earthquake. We didn't, we were fast asleep. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to the time, and it's not far off, when it will be Earthquake Sunday, that God is going to shake Wales. I believe God's going to shake Wales again, and I believe we're part of that shaking, of that new wave of God, a wave of God's Spirit that's coming on this land. So let's believe for that, let's pray for that, let's work for that, and let's listen to what God has to say for us today, because uh, there might be a few keys in, uh, uh, in what uh, <coughs> he has to say for us as far as uh, a great move of God is concerned. Well, I, I've called this, top, this uh, talk for such a time as this. Now, uh, some of you may recognize the quotation. Anybody know where it's from? Oh, that's right. I've heard, I heard it. That's right. It's from the story in the Bible about Queen Esther. That's a wonderful story. Uh, I think it's six or more, eight chapters, is it? I can't remember. Uh, you can read it this afternoon. I haven't got time to read the whole story by any means. But um, if we have our picture of uh, Queen Esther up, that would be really good. From Esther chapter 4. And who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, I need to explain a little bit for those who don't know the story, but... Uh, Esther was a Jewish girl. She had a Jewish name. It was Hadassah. But there came a point where the king was looking for a new queen. And she entered the beauty contest. And she was chosen to become the new queen. And she was put forward by her cousin Mordecai. Now Mordecai said, don't tell anybody you're a Jew. Just go, go along with the flow. And actually... Esther went through the beauty contest, as I say, she became the queen, but she didn't let on that she was Jewish. I, think, I wonder sometimes, for those of you who know the story, if things may have turned out differently and not quite so dangerously if she had said who she was. I think there's a message for us all there, you know, not to be always under the radar of where we live, you know, and where we work, that uh, God uh, wants us to stand forth. You know, don't be a light under a, a bushel, as the old version says. Well, I'm just going to read you a little bit from the story. Um, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. This is Mordecai's response when uh, Esther says, uh, when he's told, uh, when he's telling Esther about uh, the problems that the Jewish people are, are in. Because um, what's happened is that there's a man arisen called Haman who uh, has passed a law against the people of God, a law which is going to allow the Persians, they were in Persia at the time, to, uh, to kill all the Jews. And there's a genocide threatened. You know? Um, well, I won't say anything about the, some of the laws that are passed in this country at the moment, but, you know, they're threatening us in some ways. But uh, Mordecai says, look, you know, you're the queen, you can help your people. This is your time to stand forward, to stand up, and uh, to 
declare that you're, the, you're a Jew and you don't want your people killed. So this is what he says to her. Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, that's the capital of Persia, I think, and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. It was actually against the law to go into the king's presence um, unless he invited you. But if you went in and he held out his scepter to accept you, then you could advance. Otherwise, it was death. And Esther knew this was dangerous. And she had to be a courageous woman to go for the king, to go to the king and make this request because he hadn't summoned her for days, apparently, or months, I think. So, um, you know, many of you, I'm, I'm sure you can see that there's a challenge in these words for us all. And like Esther, we've been called for a purpose. We've been put where God has placed us for a purpose. But before we just explore that a little bit, I just want to ask us a question. You're called to the kingdom for such a time as this, but what time is it? Sharon mentioned this morning, she preached half my sermon there, but I don't think she realized, you know, that uh, these are difficult times. And for Esther, this was a difficult time. And uh, we realized that, you know, she, she's had, it has been a, quite a difficult time for this young lady. She'd lost her parents, actually. And then she had to transfer from a Jewish home into a culture from which was not very godly and not very Jewish. And she had to accommodate herself to this new culture. She had to get used to something which she wasn't used to. Now, I don't know if you feel like I do. You know, I'm probably much older than many of you, most of you here, I guess. But, you know, the culture around me over this last 50-odd years, it's more than that, but I won't tell you how long it is. <laughs> uh, that, you know, it's, it's changing and changing and changing all the time. And it's not easy. These, these times aren't easy for us. So there was a real culture shock for Esther. It was a difficult time. And in fact, it, it took her a while, I guess, to become the queen that she eventually became. And uh, she had to undergo various beauty treatments as well um, and uh, to be fit to appear before the king. But, you know, just when she had become comfortable, when she got used to being queen, when she got used to this royal splendor that she was enjoying, and I guess she thought that she could stay there for life and she'd have all the comfort she wanted and uh, everything was going well, suddenly Haman arises. the villain of the story. Now, I haven't got time to go into all this but, uh, and why it happened, but he, he was the guy that was threatening the life of the Jewish people. 
Now, I, I don't know if we can I, identify with this. You know, I picked out a few points, but um, we've been through it, haven't we, in the last few years? It has been a difficult time. Uh, it's been a difficult time spiritually, I think, as well as physically. You know, we just got used to, well, I say used to, get, are almost used to the COVID situation, think that's dying down, and then an economic crisis arises. And, you know, we just wonder what's next, and all sorts of horrors are being predicted for us. And uh, as Sharon, you know, wonderfully pointed out, uh, we don't have to worry about these things because God, if God is for us, who can be against us? But it, it has been a difficult time. And I just wonder how, you know, what, what's been happening and uh, it may seem strange, but in some ways, as Christians, we need hard times. It's, it's, it's a, a strange fact. And, you know, sometimes hard times are sent by the enemy. But at, at other time, at other, in other ways, we need hard times to grow. And there's that verse in James, if we can have that up now, please. James, I almost, always used to struggle with this one, you know. You open the book of James, and here it is, the second verse. It's a good book to read, actually, if you're a new Christian. A very good book. We've been looking at it in our Connect group recently. Count it all joy, says James. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And James is saying that in these times of testing, of, of trial, that's when we develop our faith. That's when we learn where, uh, that God is for us. That's when we can uh, put our faith into action. That's where we can stand on the word of God and say, well, Lord, you say this is the truth. This is what I should be experiencing. I'm, this is what, I, this is what I'm, uh, I, I'm sort of standing for. And uh, you know, as, as we do that, God comes good for us and it strengthens us in our faith. And that word testing... Uh, is quite an interesting one. Um, it's, a, <coughs> it's a word which uh, is, is used in the process of uh, refining gold and silver. I don't know if you know how it works, um, but it, it, if you've ever seen it, the, the, the gold is heated in the fire, and then impurities float to the top, and they're skimmed off. And this goes on, and again and again till it's totally and absolutely pure. And, you know, that's what happens to us when we get in difficulties. The impurities, the things about us, you know, our bad temper uh, or our fear um, or, you know, our irritability or, or whatever comes to the surface. And that's God sort of saying, okay, that's how you, you are, but let's deal with that one. And let's get rid of that, you know, skim it off and, and uh, be refined. And uh, James also says there that um, we sh um, let me find it, sorry, it's gone. Um, yeah, he says, uh, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. 
you know, if you are struggling, you are going through it, then just ask the Lord and say, well, look, is this, is this an enemy attack that I need to, um, uh, need to oppose? Or is it you just showing me what's inside and what needs to be dealt with? What, what, what situation am I in when I'm in difficult times? And this is how God refines us. This is how he makes us better. So uh, I think, you know, we can echo James's words when he says, count it all joy. There's an interesting verse in Job. He says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And uh, that's, uh, uh, that's a smelting idea of, of, of the refining rod of, of gold. Um, the Apostle Paul says, uh, we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And that's the same word, it's dokimadso in the Greek. It's what is that we've been approved. You know, God is wanting, he doesn't test us and try us to defeat us. He tests us and tries us to make us better, to approve us so that we can be entrusted with the, um, the assignment he has for us. You see, Esther there um, is has an assignment. She doesn't know about it yet, but she has an assignment. And uh, she has to be prepared for it. Now, her beauty treatment was uh, six months of mirth and six months of spices and ointment and wonderful kind of cosmetics and all the rest of it, which you ladies, I'm sure, would, would really enjoy. But uh, God's beauty treatment is different, <laughs> okay? If you're going through it, Ask the Lord, but it may be his beauty treatment. He's trying to make you beautiful. And uh, he's, he's put his spirit within you. And he wants you to, you to learn how to live out of that life that's within you. And to bring that forth. Amen. Now, uh, I just want to touch on, a, on another point. Because, you know, so many people have been asking... Uh, and. Uh, you know, where, where, what time is it? Are we actually in the end of times? Are we coming up to that period in the Bi that the Bible speaks about when things will get really nasty and eventually Jesus will return? Well, you know, it was a difficult time for Esther. She, she had to um, go before the king and she says, if I perish, I perish. Um, and she said, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, and though it is against the law, uh, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So she says, look, I'm, I'm, this time I'm not going to hide my identity. I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to take the consequences. If I perish, I perish. Courage. You know, in difficult times, we need courage. And uh, as, as things have been getting more difficult, and I don't think necessarily politically or ge uh, geopolitically they're going to get any easier, the courage is the word that we need today. And we have that courage, that boldness from the Holy Spirit. But, you know, I was asking the question, are we actually coming up to the times of the end? Well, Pastor Chris put, forward, put out some, something uh, the other day about this, and I, I think the signs are there. You know, I don't think we're experiencing the birth pangs that Jesus talked about. We may be, 
but I think it's probably more like the, the, the Braxton Hicks contractions. You know, you ladies know about that. When it's, it's like the end, but not quite. I mean, the things that are prophesied in Scripture are just amazing, because when you think about it, John prophesied in the, in the apocalypse, in the, in the Revelation, he said that there'd be a come a time when you couldn't buy or sell without the permission of the government. Now, how could that happen, you know? Nowadays, of course, it's all electronic. They're talking about electronic money and all the rest of it. Very, very easy. Total government control is very, very easy and very far advanced. So, you know, it, that these things are starting to happen. Now, as, as Sharon said, I really believe that's true. We shouldn't be fearful about these things. But um, we, we do need to be aware of, of, of what's going on. But the great thing is that, that God is in control of all this. You know, it's not, um, it's not uh, things are not out of control as far as he's concerned. And uh, he, he said in um, uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. That's the Antichrist, for those who know things about that. If you want to know more about this, I, there's some videos that we did a few years ago online which you can uh, tap into. But the point here is that God's saying, look, there's something restraining this final end time until I say so. So we're not there yet. You know, we're not... Uh, we're not there t uh, in, in the full calamity of it by any means, but, you know, what do we do meanwhile? Well, uh, we just look at that parable of Jesus where he says in Luke chapter 19, he gives a story of the, I think it's the ten miners. You know, it's a little bit like the parable of the talents where a king goes out of his country and gives his, um, uh, his servants money to work with. And he says to them, a noble went, nobleman went out into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten miners and said to them, engage in business until I come. Perhaps we can have that slide up. Can we? This is there, I think. Number ten. Thank you. Now, in this parable, there were two truths. One is... That Jesus, uh, Jesus, of course, is the nobleman in the parable, and he says, uh, engage in business until I come. He is coming back. Jesus will return, and he is going to reign on the earth, um, as the prophets uh, predict. But he says this, engage in business until I come. There's a task for his servants to do before he comes. And he says, you know, not to worry too much about when I'm coming. Worry about what is your task, what you have to do. Engage in business, he says. Make a difference. You know, you can make a difference. You've got my resources within you. Um, and you can make a difference in this world. Um, I've given you uh, the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And I want to see what you can do with it. And, of course, when the master returns, when the nobleman returns, he's very scathing to the one who just has buried the money and not done anything with it. He does have an expectation of us that uh, if we're born again and, given, and he's given us his spirit, that we do something with it, that we do engage 
to him. And uh, I want to I sort of move on now uh, again to uh, the, the story of Esther, you know. Um, I asked that question, and we're coming up to slide 12 now uh, in just a moment, please. Um, you know, what time is it as far as we're concerned? It has been a difficult time. It's, you know, even so, we're wondering, is it the end times? But for me, I would say it's our time. You know, God is calling us to do business until he comes. You know, for Esther, life had been comfortable. And I think for many of us, you know, we've, we've grown used to the comforts that we have. But she could no longer hide her identity. She could no longer compromise. And sure, we can make our own comparisons here. Because Mordecai comes to her and says that she's got to look at life differently from now onwards. Things are going to change. You've got to have a different outlook, a different um, understanding of why God has placed you where he's placed you. He forces her to refocus her outlook. For there's a divine purpose for her in being in the palace, in this place of influence. And she has to look at things from God's perspective. And I wonder, you know, if God is calling us to look at the place that he's put us. You know, what is our uh, place? What is, what is our royal position? Where has God placed us in the workplace, in the family, in the neighborhood? You know, what influence even online that we may have? You know, how can we use that? What is God calling us to do? Now, I just want to read you a, a, a short passage from a devotional that I've just really sparked this thought of Esther in my mind. Uh, some of you may know of um, uh, Jonathan Kahn. He's um, a Jewish Messianic rabbi. And his, in his book of mysteries, which is a daily devotional where he kind of looks at different scriptural things, um, he has some profound ins insights. So I just want you to listen to this. For Jesus, the world was not home or the place to live one's life. The world was the mission field. And so his life on earth was radically different from the lives of others. He didn't live from the world. He lived to the world. When you were born again, you were born from above. That's what the scripture says, we're born from above. Therefore, from now on, you must see the world in a new way. Not as your home, but as your place of mission. So you are not in this world to become rich or powerful or comfortable. You're not in this world to get anything from it. You are in this world to give to this world. So you are no longer to live from your circumstances, from your problems, even from your life. You are now to live to them, from God and to the world. 
So it is not a question whether you're called to be a missionary to the mission field. You're already a missionary. And you're already in your mission field. So get on with your mission. Bring to earth the word, the truth, and the love of God. And live as an agent of heaven on earth. On a mission from God to bring the message of salvation to the people of this planet. I really like that. Live as an agent of heaven on earth. You know, Apostle Paul says we're, mis- we are ambassadors from heaven. And as such, you know, we have the resources of heaven at our disposal. But just like Mordecai, I believe God is asking us, you know, to refocus. You're called to your royal position for such a time as this. Now, just very briefly, I want to look at how um, Esther faces this new challenge. It's a daunting one for her. As I said, she got used to her comforts, used to all that the palace had to offer, and now she has to do something different. She has to go before the king and risk her life. And, you know, there is, there is that risk every time when we speak to somebody about Jesus, isn't there? You know, how will they react? You know, actually, if you, ask, if you offer to pray with somebody, they very, very rarely refuse. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. But the first thing she says, the first thing, if you remember, that Esther did, she says, call a fast. Prayer was her first point, point of call. The first thing that she said, we must do, we must pray. And... I, I do believe this is going to, as Pastor Chris said many times, this is, going, this is a season of prayer. It's a season of mission, but it's a season of prayer. And I believe God is calling us to pray as never before. Just as Esther had to intercede, how she called people to fast and pray without food or water um, for three days. That's the maximum you can do without food or water, really, safely. But, you know, to fast as well as to pray, I believe that in these days, you know, if you really want to see God move, then that, that's something that we, we need to be doing constantly. We've seen little pockets. We've only seen a little tiny raindrop so far. But, you know, we want to see a deluge. And, and I believe that's on God's heart. But prayer is absolutely essential. So fasting and prayer. And, and you know, I would, I would urge you, you know, if, if we call a fast, that you do, you, you do participate. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you go without food and water for three days. I hope it, it probably won't. But, you know, we'd probably call you to fast something that perhaps one meal even if you're not used to it. Just to, just to sh- come on board with that commitment to, to fast and pray for the things that we're focusing on and to believe God that he's, he is going to have an... We are going to see an earthquake in this nation. Secondly, we need courage. Esther had to go. She was risking her life to go before the king. And you know, Christians today are risking their lives every day. Uh, We're not really expecting uh, a a gang of extremists to come in here with machine guns and burn the place down. But there are places today where that could well happen. There are places today where believers are gathering in secret. And the Christians are the most persecuted people on this earth. And, uh, you know, apart from praying for a persecuted church, let's take uh, courage from them that they, can, that they do what they do 
you know, just to go to our neighbour or, or just to go to uh, our workmate. That, that's, you know, in, uh, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, that's something that takes courage. But it's nothing compared with what the, uh, uh, our brothers and sisters throughout the world are experiencing. Jesus said, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And I believe God wants us to be like Esther, you know? I'm going to do this. If I perish, I perish. If I look an idiot, I look an idiot. No, if they don't like me, they won't like me. But that's the call of God for us today in this season. Now, the wonderful thing about this story, of course, is that uh, it didn't result in Esther being uh, executed or whatever. She didn't die. The king extended the scepter, that she found favor with the king. And I, I just believe that's a word for us today, you know, that we have the favor of the king. You know, in Jesus Christ, we are his favorites. And we have the favor of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And as we step out, we'll see that favor come upon us. And we'll see that, you know, the smile of heaven, the angels of God go with us everywhere we go. As, as Pastor Chris is often saying, you know, the king, the, we carry the kingdom of God. And we can expect and believe God for favor as we step out. So uh, there are challenges for us. The challenge of Esther to fast and pray, to have courage, and to believe that the favor of God is with us. So what time is it? What time is it? It's our time. It's time to let God prepare us, to shape us. If you're going through that beauty treatment, as I mentioned, it's to, it's to make you useful. It's also time to recognize the urgency of the hour. I didn't mention this earlier. Sharon mentioned it, you know, that uh, it, the, time, the time is short. We, we have this wonderful window at the moment when we can still preach the gospel. It may not last forever. And there are people there who are perishing. But it's God's will, of course. God gave his only son that he should not perish but have everlasting life. And it's time for us to step out because the favor of the kings upon us. No weapon formed against us can prosper. No Haman, no government, no spiritual foe. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's time to pray as never before. It's a time for great courage. And it's a time of God's favor. Amen? Amen. Let's arise this morning. Let's arise this morning. You know, as Phil was speaking, so many thoughts kept crossing my mind. I still remember 